Oh, and we are back, ladies and gentlemen. That's Chase Baxa. I'm Mason May. Two random friends met at a random school that no one's ever heard of. This is the Chase and Mace podcast. And Chase, the Premier League returns tomorrow. How excited are we? Tomorrow, man. I, I don't think we can contain this excitement. That's ridiculous to say. After how long we've been waiting and just sort of the, the breaks that we took and everything, I'm so ready for this Premier League season to start back up. Dude, I, I can't wait. The first game tomorrow is going to be Crystal Palace and Arsenal, which is going to be a great matchup, unfortunately. Crystal Palace losing Connor Gallagher. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But Arsenal, they've had a great summer. I, I'm so excited to watch them play. They've had an insane summer. And everyone always says it's just preseason, and I am the biggest proponent of that. I, I really don't think these preseason games mean that much. Uh, but Arsenal has controlled every single preseason game and they've scored some some pretty nice goals while doing it uh so i am very excited for them this season i think they can breach that top three if they keep it together most of the season yep i completely agree but uh let's focus on that top two from last season right now and specifically talk about liverpool and how you would rank their summer so far oh if i was grading their summer i think it's a a c plus at best And, and that's if you're giving the benefit benefit of the doubt uh First off, we, we've talked about this already, and I think everyone knows my feelings on this. Uh, Darwin Nunes for $100 million. Who in the right mind is paying $100 million for Darwin Nunes? Not me. Literally, what in the world was that transfer? We talked about it before. Benfica only wanted like 40 to $50 million, and we sent them over an $80 million offer with $20 million in add-ons. That's so ridiculous. I don't understand where our uh, FSG thinks that he's worth this $100 million. But, uh, man, it completely screwed our, our transfer market for this summer. So in that aspect, I gave Liverpool a D- or an F. Like, I thought the transfer window was just absolutely awful for, the, for us. We lose Origi, and then we gain a player for a hundred million. It's, it's whatever, but them actually playing uh, is also probably that C plus range uh, played well, but we switched out the entire lineup at least twice, literally every game. So it's hard to really get any consistency, get any real ball feel when, whenever you're really not playing any of those starting players very much. I know uh, Mo Salah did not play a, a terrible amount uh, in this preseason, I know Bobby Firmino didn't play much. Uh, Diego Jata, while he was figuring out his new contract, he wasn't playing at all. Uh, so a lot of these players just didn't get that many reps, and, and you really can't blame them for having a not great preseason whenever these guys aren't on the field. Yeah, I completely agree. So just looking at their stats, they had five preseason games before the uh, Community Shield last week on Saturday. Uh, they lost three out of the five. Their only two wins were against Crystal Palace and then that 5 nothing thrashing of Red Bull Leipzig. But, I mean, overall, some of their gameplay was actually really well considering the lineup that they had. Yeah, very true. We have a lot of young players, uh, which we'll get into, uh, that are playing very, very well against these, I don't want to call them lesser opponents, uh, but these preseason opponents. Our young guys have been playing very, very well and actually stepping up to the plate when we need them to. So it's awesome to see. Uh, Specifically, Harvey Elliott, I think he's been playing out of his mind. and Carvalho, I mean, our newest signing, other than Darwin Nunes, we have Carvalho, who he plays in the midfield. He's only 19, along with Harvey Elliott. And he was actually, I thought he was very calm on the ball. 
sort of gave me like Fabinho vibes at times of just sort of waltzing through the park and just getting the ball whenever he wanted to and making those long connecting passes that Fabinho is known for. I'm excited, but we were talking before this. I think this Liverpool team lacks a lot of depth. I mean, uh, I sent stuff to you all summer about how Liverpool was selling this guy or sending this guy out on loan or uh, releasing a person to a, to a lower club. I mean, it's just, we don't have as many players to rely upon and, I don't really like that, especially in the defense. I mean, we, we know how injury-prone our defense and midfield are. So, it I don't know. It puts me on edge knowing that we don't have a ton of players that we can we can go back and fall back on in this long Premier League season, man, that starts tomorrow. Let's go. Dude, can't wait for it. Um, who do Liverpool play this weekend? They play Fulham, correct? Yes, play Fulham, which I think will end up fine. I mean, Fulham being – just just coming up into the Premier League, I think we'll be completely fine. But who knows, man? You pointed out a couple outliers from last season. You guys really struggled against uh, recently promoted sides. Leeds United gave you guys a run for your money their first year up. And then last year, Brentford, they really, really gave you their money. It is what it is, man. Both of those teams are very good teams. But I think this Fulham team, I don't know. I, I haven't seen a good Fulham team since... Oh, Clint Dempsey, maybe. <laughs> That's a long time ago, bud. Very long time ago. All right, now let me ask you this. Do you think uh, Nunes will start right away in that striker role, or do you think it's going to be still be Bobby Firmino? Uh, no, I do think it's going to be Nunes. Uh, I think our front three that's going to start this weekend is probably going to be Salah, Nunes, uh, and then possibly Jata, uh, especially with that new contract that he just signed. I think that we're going to see him on the field a lot more. Uh, so that would be my front three. But also thinking Nunez is probably going to play in the center. Salah out on the right. Luis Diaz just fits perfectly into that, that left-winger role. So I would be completely fine with seeing a Salah, Nunez, and Diaz trio up there. It's going to be a rotating three, though. Just like last year, our front three is going to be constantly changing. I do expect Bobby to get a little bit more time this year, especially getting rid, rid of uh, Minamino and Origi, not really having that huge depth in that front three. Uh, but I think Curtis Jones is probably going to get some reps up there like he did in preseason. And then, yeah, I would definitely expect Bobby to come on the field quite often. No, I completely agree. Uh, Jurgen Klopp absolutely loves Bobby Firmino. He's, he said that he is the the heart and soul of this Liverpool team. And even watching the, the – I think it was the Leipzig game where he started, he made everything work together, especially with Nunes coming in. Yeah, he's a good player, man. And definitely one that those younger guys that I was talking about, like Carvalho, Elliott, Curtis Jones, uh, all these players are definitely looking up to that Bobby Firmino figure and just saying, I want to play like him someday. So it's, it's just a great person to have at the club. And it sucks that he's probably on the chopping block here soon, especially since we spent $100 million. Uh, But I don't know. He's been great. He's a legend for Liverpool. Nope, completely agree. Um now, let me ask you this, Chase. So Klopp has recently complained about the prep time in terms of the preseason games with the season starting, the community shield and everything, saying that there's like not enough time between his team finishing the Champions League final and then the start of the season this year, which is about seven or eight weeks. What are your, what are your thoughts on that complaint? I would fully agree with him, man. Think about it. Liverpool played in every single game that they could have played in last year. They went to the final of every tournament. They went to... I mean, they went through everything. Uh, 
every single game. And to not give them, I guess, two months is, is a decent amount of time. Uh, but some other teams are getting three, four, and four and a half-ish months to train again and get ready for this new season, uh, while Liverpool does not get that much. Like You're, you're not giving them enough time uh, to really get their bodies recuperated. And especially, like we were just talking about, Liverpool is lacking depth. And with lacking depth, you're going to be playing guys a ton. And playing those guys a ton, we see injuries like Thiago. Like Thiago is always out. Nabi Keita, he's almost always injured. Uh, these players going down. I mean, we had Virgil van Dijk being injured for so long. All these players going down with these small injuries. I would feel a lot of them are due to overwear and like just using their muscles too often. I don't know. I would fully agree with them, man. I don't know about you, but I think that's a, a, a valid complaint, especially since, again, we played every single game that could have been played last year. I'm not really arguing that. They didn't play a lot of games. They, obviously, they did. I think they played like 65 or whatever the closest was to the max you could possibly play in a calendar season. But I think his his complaints are getting a little little overshadowed. Um, I think they're. I think Liverpool fans are also highlighting them a little bit too much, uh, yourself included. Um, It'd be like whole, non-biased. Exactly, non-biased whatsoever. Um, but they only had one more week compared to – uh, any other Premier League club that finished because the Premier League finishes the week before the Champions League final. It's one week. I don't understand why he has to keep complaining. And also, you have tons of money at your disposal to buy more players from our squad depth, and yet you buy it on one player. You know, I think yeah, a Premier yeah, League player. Yeah, we probably could have fixed that uh, that complaint if we didn't spend $100 million on Darwin Nunes. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I could see how that, that complaint would go on some deaf ears. But... And- I don't know. It, just overall, I don't think that the players are getting enough time in between the end of last season and the beginning of this season. That I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a long time. They probably get three or four weeks of actual downtime and break, and then you're probably right back up into training and getting yourself ready for that that next season. Another like thing I noticed a lot last season, especially toward the end, was they didn't rotate their squad as much as they possibly could have. I think you and I highlighted this a lot with uh, Simikas and Joe Gomez, who they could both replace Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Maybe not, maybe not so much in terms of the stats, but they give you a lot more defensively than those two guys would. But yet they barely played together. They, I mean, Konate, they did have a good rotation in terms of Konate, um, Matip, and Van Dyke. But like I'm, I think every single game I saw their outside backs were always going to be Robertson and, and Trent. Yeah, uh, and especially with those games that Trent doesn't play that well, I think it's super important to take him out, toss Gomez in, and just get him some reps. I mean, I just I would think it would hurt your confidence as a player to see Trent or Robertson having a bad game and Klopp refusing to put you on, even though, I mean, we all know Simikas and Gomez are just as good, if not better, defensively than Robertson and, and Trent, but just not giving that offensive prowess that they, they both do. But at the same time, if Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson are not playing well offensively, why not just put on the better defenders? I don't know. I fully agree. We just didn't have a good rotation in those in those outside backs, uh, and the midfield sort of threw me off at times as well. And I mean, if you remember, and I think everyone, everyone, Navi Keita, Keita always getting the start. Why was he always getting the start? It made absolutely no sense. And that's, that's easily a player 
that should have been taken out, rotated almost every single game because he was just that bad. You just didn't know which Navi Keita you were getting. He was he was not great. <laughs> he was not great. It was ridiculous. And he hasn't been good in preseason, man. Like, I've been watching highlights of him. He has not been playing well in, in preseason. I don't know why they just sell him right away. It's it's ridiculous how bad he plays. He's gone. I have no idea how he's remained on the Liverpool squad, let alone the starting 11. <laughs> Makes no sense. He scores like he scores like one worldie a season. Yeah, he had one good goal last season. And, and that, it wasn't even that nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, I'm excited to watch Liverpool play this season, but it'll be interesting to see how their squad depth works out. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean – I'm a little bit, honestly, I'm a little bit more excited for Man U this season just because of all the bigger changes and the sort of dramas that has happened over there. I'm excited to watch them, man. You know, I, I could not say so, my, couldn't say it better myself. Uh, Man U actually had a really, really good, really good preseason. They played six games. They won four, excuse me, they won three, tied two, lost one. Their only loss was a one nil loss to Atletico, which, of course, bully ball, whatever. Um, but overall, Martial, Sancho, they had three goals apiece. Only Van de Beek was involved in all six games over 300 minutes, which is honestly fantastic. Say, so I know you that one, man. Sancho is going to be a great player this season. He had that breakout, like, second half of the season last season, and I cannot wait to see where he picks it back up this season. He was something else last season, man. Dude, he was unreal, and also – I think they have a lot of squad depth this season, aside from that striker position. Their midfield may not be the best, but it's still it's pretty solid. You know, you got Bruno, Van de Beek, Fred, McTominay. I mean, you and I both have our reservations about it, but I'll explain why I like it in a second. Um, you got Erickson coming off the bench. You could potentially put Alanga back there as well. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see Alanga also with Rashford and Sancho on the wing, and I think Martial's going to start for us up top. I think, fuck Ronaldo. See, you say that, but you know Ten Hag has him in his, in his plan, so I'm guessing Ronaldo will definitely start, uh, even though I want Martial to start. And I don't think Olenga would ever come back into that midfield, man. I just think he's too quick to not have him on the wings. You'd be surprised with the one-twos that they've been doing, and he's he's actually played really well in that midfield role. He also played two players that were on loan for like the last like five seasons at United, and Ethan Laird, and uh, I think it's Connor Galbraith. They've been, he's been... They, two of them are youth players. I think they're under 23. But it'll be really interesting to see how they how he does that. But Ten Hag has been fantastic with his formations. I think he's going to rock with a 4-3-3, like I said in the last podcast, with two attacking midfielders and one defensive, which is perfect because then we don't have to see the Fred-McTominay partnership again. Yep. Oh, my gosh. But Fred has been actually do, killing it right now in that CDM spot. And I think it's going to be Bruno and Van de Beek at that two number 10 roles. I think de Beek's going to drop more into an eight, but that'll be, it'll be a nice midfielder compliment with them, with Bruno. Yeah, that's a really good, good three. Um, Fred honestly didn't have that bad of an end of the last Premier League season. I thought he was playing fairly well uh, with the exception of like the rare gamer here uh, that he played very well for, for Man U end of last season. So I'm excited. That Van de Beek and Bruno combo is absolutely deadly, though. And then you got Erickson going to come in off the bench. Ooh. Still salty about it, but I'm excited to watch him play. If that's if, if what I think is correct, that's going to be a pretty sweet midfield. 
I mean, yeah, just the names alone, just saying it out loud, that's ridiculous. Again, I would have liked the Calvin Phillips CDM with them, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. True, true. And then, you know, at the back, he's played Diogo Dalot and Lindelof the most in these preseason games. So I think he's going to roll with those two guys at the, left, at the right and center back with Varane and Luke Shaw at the left back. And then, obviously, Tom Heaton's going to start in goal over De Gea. Like, it's going to happen. No questions asked. <laughs> But no, overall, dude, Ten Hag, I love, I love his style. I love his no bullshit type attitude. It's, it's, it's awesome. And he, he made, he made waves uh, the other day when after the uh, the Rio Vallecano game because Ronaldo left early from it. So he said, "No, nah, that's not allowed." And he'll, he'll handle it internally, which I like. Yeah, that's good to have that, uh, that strict fist. Honestly, when when one of those big names is sort of disrespecting you or your team I mean, it, it's good to just have that uh nah that's not you're not going to get away with that buddy i love that as well and hey i'm excited for this weekend united play brighton in a great matchup i think brighton's going to be a great team they did lose their best player in cucurella but you know uh what's his name he's a great manager uh grand potter it's going to be a really fun game to watch yeah especially after last season yeah Nice little thrashing you guys got from. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. I'll never forget that day. Four nothing, three goals in the second half. Ralph Ragnick, I hate you. What is he now? He's like an assistant to an assistant. I don't even remember what what his role in in the club is anymore. He's a special consultant that works like one day a week. It's something weird. He went from controlling the entire team to working one day a week. Well, now he's like the assistant coach with like Austria or something. He's managing a national team. Well, rest in peace, that national team. Yeah, they're not going to do well. R.I.P. Um, R.I.P. David Alaba. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so do you have any questions for me about Manchester United? How do you think they're going to line up or anything? Yeah, I think um, – I don't know. I'm sort of stuck on the – you really don't think Ronaldo, they're going to play Ronaldo? I think they're going to try to loan him out, and I. But even if like that, that happens, they're going to start Ronaldo. But I think Martial's going to get a bulk of the minutes because you know Ronaldo's thirty-seven, going to be thirty-eight this season. He wants to play Champions League football. Manu's in Europa League, and there's just there's no there's no chance that Ten Hag has him in his long long-term plans. I think Martial is because he's also like what 26, 27. Martial, your your long-term plan, but while you have one of the best players in the world. I, I would think that you would still play him. Obviously we ragged on him a ton last season, but uh, I don't know, man. I think he's, I think Ronaldo is going to play the brunt of those minutes. I don't know. I just don't see him not playing that much. But when they, when he played with Rio, which is their only, he, that was the only game that he played in with United this preseason. I didn't know that he played like one or two. That's crazy. No, like it's cause, just because of that whole, um, the whole family thing and him staying back in Manchester uh, after Man U went to um, or, or went to uh, Australia and then uh, I think it was Taiwan or Hong Kong, one of those two cities in yeah, somewhere uh, Southeast Asia. But I mean, he only played one game. He didn't play that great. Ahmad Diallo came on and completely turned it around. And then he leaves the he leaves the field. I don't think he's going to be prepared for the the high energy, high pressing tactics that Ten Hag has. And I don't think he's going to do it for long if he does. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see. 
that, that would just be crazy to see Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench for the majority of a, of a game. You just don't see that very often. Even Lionel Messi is playing 90 minutes or 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, that'll be interesting. But sure. And uh, how do you feel about Big H? You know, it's like your captain last last season, and now uh, you are not even going to start him, and probably not going to play him that much anyways, because Lindelof and Delot have been very good. You know, Varane has not played that much this preseason. Um, he did play a lot, but. I think Harry Maguire also played really well this preseason. Like the the Man U defenders specifically, I loved I loved how Eric Bailly played. Eric Bailly played so well. I remember you pointing them out last last podcast. But like those, all four of our center backs have played well this preseason, which I kind of like. But it'll be interesting to see if Ten Hag will keep Maguire as captain. He said he's going to, but again, we'll see what actually happens once the season starts. But I do think it's going to be Varane and Lindelof for those two center back roles. Because even last year when they played together, it wasn't much because, you know, Varane always gets hurt. But he, he they did play well together and had a really good partnership. And then another defender, like Juan Basak, is going to be, I think, swept under the rug with uh, Diego Dallo getting that starting job. And probably potentially Juan Basaka being sold. You were saying that you, you probably thought Juan Basaka was going to leave here sooner or later. Yeah, I think so. Um I mean, as much as I love him and I love his 1v1 defending, and it, it goes perfectly with Luke Shaw just running forward all the time, I, I don't think Ted Hogg is going to like that. So, Fair enough. We'll see how Ted Hogg actually changes this team, man. I'm excited for his first season. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. Now let's get into these uh, these Premier League games. And Chase, before we get into our, uh, our mini game over here, I just want to ask you, what's the game you're most looking forward to this weekend? Oh, man. Honestly, there's probably two or three, man. Because that Man U game, I think it's going to be great. Like, Brighton is a very good team. They play the right way. Uh, losing a couple players this season, so it could be rough for them. But still, going to be a really good game. And very excited to see how Man U lines up. That Arsenal and Crystal Palace game, I think we all know is going to be amazing. Crystal Palace, a very, very good team. And this Arsenal team coming off of a great preseason, that's going to be super entertaining. And then my last one is sort of a weird one, but it's the Nottingham Forest and Newcastle game. Newcastle sort of get, I mean, they stacked up this this transfer window. They got Nick Pope. That's a huge signing. Uh, signing Nick Pope and then Nottingham Forest with Lingardino. I'm hyped, man. There's going to be some really, really good games this weekend. You know, we've always had a team, especially the last like th- uh, three or four years, that have just been promoted, that have an insane first half of the season. And I really hope that that's uh, Nottingham Forest this year. Fully agree. I mean, Leeds did it. Uh, we talked about it earlier when they played Liverpool in, in opening day, and it was a four to three game. Like, we were, there was goals everywhere. And then they went on and did pretty well for the first half of the season. And I'm really, really hoping I'm along there with you that Nottingham Forest has a really good first half of the season. Yeah, man, I can't wait. My one very, very interesting game is going to be the Frank Lampard party against Chelsea. That is going to be a really good one. Uh, Chelsea stacking up a little bit. Everton, not. (laughs) And uh, obviously you have Frank Lampard. So right there, you're already starting with a handicap. 
in terms of uh, in terms of new things at Everton, I think the only thing they got new was jerseys. That's about it. Yeah, that's I think that's all. And they lost their uh, their best player for sixty million. Yep, and uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson is nowhere to be found, so that does not help them out. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun season for Everton. I I'm, I'm I'd be amazed if they can stay up, honestly. Now, how long do you think Frank Lampard's going to stick around if they start not doing well this season? Oh, I think he's going to get fired. I, I don't want to say by Christmas, but in between that Christmas-March window. I could honestly see it being before Christmas, man. Before Dude, that'd, be, that'd be bold. I could definitely see him just tanking. And Well, he was already sort of on the chopping block last season, so I definitely think that uh, he's going to be gone pretty early this season. Dude, I will never forget their second to last game of the Premier League season when they they pulled off that miracle against Crystal Palace and all the fans rushed the field. That was unreal. <laughs> that was just to remain unrelegated, man. <laughs> that's that's unbelievable. But I think that'll be a really good matchup. And you know, you already mentioned the Forest versus Newcastle game. Uh, Newcastle obviously had a great second half of the year last season. They only got stronger with adding Nick Pope to. Uh, good goalkeeper room already with Dubravka but I think they're going to have a good season but I want I wish I just want Forrest to do extremely well this year and I'm looking forward to a good matchup between Brentford and Leicester City that's going to be a surprising game for a lot of people but I don't know I Brentford did play well granted a lot of his um a lot of their uh their play came from uh Christian Eriksen but I still think you know they still got Ivan Tony up top they still got a Christian Norgard, who's a great midfielder that we talked about a lot last year. And they added me, didn't they? They did add Ben Me at the back. That'll give them more security. And I, they added somebody else, but I can't remember them off the top of my head. And they have Strakosha and Gold, the big Albanian who's really good. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season for for Brentford. And then with you know Leicester City, Jamie Vardy's gonna be coming back. He's gonna want to have a party. They got Daka, they got Ianacho. They got Wolfram Didi, uh, Chowdhury. They got Yuri Telemans, Harvey Barnes, two great midfielders. And they have a solid back line with, uh, with their goalkeeping room. So I think it's going to be a good game. I'm just excited for this weekend, man. I think every game I'm, I'm just going to be super hyped for. Uh, there's definitely not any games that I'll be like, eh, I don't really want to watch that this weekend. This weekend is all just going to be about Premier League. I'm so excited. I've never been more excited to watch an Arsenal game. Seriously, I don't think anybody has. Oh man! But all right, we talked about the games we like, and now let's get into the the games of the week. Now, this is going to be a little bit different this season. Last season we did five. This season we're going to do three games plus your upset lock and your action. Your upset lock, obviously, anything you want. Action, anything you want. And we're going to tally up the points by the end of the week. And whoever's the winner of that week, they get one point in the overall season standings. Let's do it, man. All right, first game. Chase, we're going to start with you. Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. First game of the weekend tomorrow. All right, I'm going Crystal Palace 1, Arsenal 2. I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, Arsenal still had an amazing preseason. Can't rely on that too much, but I do think that there's something special about this Arsenal team. And Crystal Palace always finds a way to score. I mean, there's really not too many games that you see Crystal Palace getting shut out uh, just with – all their scoring prowess, you know, they have, they have a, a stacked front line. So I'm definitely thinking they'll get one. Uh, but Arsenal, I think, is going to control this game for most of it. Uh, definitely 
have the possession and uh, and score too. That's my plan, at least. You know, I I, I I'm in the same boat with Arsenal, just completely dominating the game, and I had Arsenal winning two to zero over Crystal Palace, specifically because I think Arsenal is just going to hold the ball so much more than Crystal Palace is going to have it. So I don't think uh, Crystal Palace are going to have that many opportunities. They also lost Connor Gallagher. Yeah, that's a really big loss, man. Connor Gallagher was a huge part of their team last season. I know, and I, I just looking at that, like that's really going to hurt their midfield. And I think it's going to be a less. There's going to be less opportunities to score with that, with that awesome piece they have in the midfield. You know, I don't think they're going to rely on Christian Benteke to produce their goals. No. <laughs> Still have Zaha up there. <laughs> they got Zaha, Ayu, Benteke, and. I mean, they still have a decent squad, but I just don't think um, – I don't think it's going to happen for them. And that Arsenal team just looks insanely good. Bukayo Saka, Martin Odegaard, Emile Smith-Rowe. Oh, just three three names that we loved last season, and I cannot wait to see that again this year. So we had Arsenal 2, Crystal Palace 0. Second game – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, I think you're completely right that Arsenal is just going to possess this entire game. I think they're going to possess this entire season, man. I, I can't wait to see it. You know, um, what's his name? Uh, Mikel Arteta got off to a rough start last season, and it's it's going to be good to see him with a fresh start. Is his, his system already in place? So I think it's going to be a great season for him. Yeah, I'm excited. Next game, Everton versus Chelsea. Chelsea's been struggling. I mean, they, they really have. So I'm only having them come out with a 1-0 win over Everton. Uh, I don't think in a million years this Everton team could beat this Chelsea team. Uh, but I do think that Chelsea has had sort of trouble scoring. Um, so I'm only going 1-0. But uh, Chelsea will definitely control this one. I mean, Everton, they might have a couple chances here or there. Uh, but Chelsea is coming in with Everton's best striker on their team. I mean, that's <laughs> how terrible is that? To get rid of your best striker on your team, and then the first game back, you have to play them. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Richarlison went to Spurs. Are you joking me? I'm thinking Sterling, man. Shoot. <laughs> well, whatever, man. It's still, you're, you lost your best striker, and I don't have to play. You don't have him. You have Deli Ali up there. You're going to go with Deli Ali to score your goals. Well, I mean... I- it could happen. I mean, Deli Ali is a pretty good player. If you say so. I didn't see <laughs> I digress. But, Chase, I was in the same exact boat as you. Chelsea with a one nothing win. Uh, I agree with you. Complete struggles with scoring up top. They're going to probably have Kai Havertz or Raheem Sterling at that center striker position. But, you know, Chelsea have had some really good pieces in midfield and at the back. They added Billy Gilmore, Connor Gallagher, uh, and they still have, you know, Christian Pulisic, uh, N'Golo Kante, Jorginho. Like, they're going to be great people. They they added uh, Koulibaly. Yeah, that's going to be huge for them. Yeah, so I think they're going to. I think they're going to have a great defensive season. But in terms of goal scoring, they need someone else up top. So I'm going to. I'm just going to say a one nothing win, and strictly coming from like a cross or you know one player just doing it all because he's scoring a header. Exactly, some bullshit goal. All right, going to Tottenham and Southampton, man. This is where Richarlison is going to score. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do have Tottenham beating Southampton 2-0. Uh, Southampton ending last season very poorly. I mean, they had a very strong middle of their season. 
but their end was, ugh, it was just rough. Uh, Tottenham, the seesaw team, I think they'll start off strong. Uh, so, I mean, th- th- not too much to talk about in this game because Tottenham didn't change too much. I mean, they got Richarlison, uh, but there's really not too much else. Uh, and then Southampton, not changing quite <laughs> quite as much either. So, 2 nothing. I'm just going based off of last season. There's one thing you are massively forgetting about Tottenham, and that is that Harry Kane cannot score in the month of August. You're right. I mean, Harry Kane also didn't score near the end of the season last season either. It's very true. So I, I had I had a one to one game. Interesting. Okay. I, I had um, I, my own personal thought was Spurs are going to be absolutely dead from their preseason conditioning program. True. And I think they're going to have a little bit of trouble getting out of the gate, regardless of the great signings they had this year and Ivan Perisic. I uh, forgot about Perisic. Perisic will be huge. Yeah. Uh, Jafet Tanganga, he's a great player for them. Uh, so I, and they even got um, Leglet from Barcelona. So that's going to be – they have good signings, but I just don't think it's going to work out in the long run, at least for this first week. Um, but I, I understand, like, Southampton, you're completely right. They mightily struggled uh, later later half of the year. But they also had eight weeks of work to, you know, get it right. And I was I heard that their preseason was actually really well. And I don't know. I'm excited to see it. Hopefully my boy uh, Adam Armstrong and Che Adams, even Theo Walcott up top, can, uh, can get it done. I'd love to see it, man. I'd love to see a good game like that. Is it? It's going to be really interesting. All right, and let's go to our lock pits so that we can save our upsets for later. All right, I'm in. My uh, my lock pick, no surprise. Liverpool versus Fulham. I'm going a, an easy 3 nothing. Uh, with my action being that Mo Salah scores. Mo Salah has scored in five consecutive opening games right now. Uh, he's going for his sixth to, or this weekend. So I'm excited. I think Mo Salah is definitely going to score against Fulham. I think Liverpool is going to sort of easily just waltz over him. I know you have other ideas about that, but uh, I don't know. Just first game coming back, we're going to have Salah. We're going to have Salah will definitely start. Nunez, I think, is a for sure starting. And then either Shata or Diaz, I mean, both of them, someone's going to score up there. That is just not a good enough team to stop that three. You know, I believe it. Uh, as much as I would love Fulham to just steamroll Liverpool just so unexpectedly, and I think everybody, every single football fan would. Um, obviously no bias here in the show. Absolutely none. Um, I still think Liverpool are just going to cruise to that win. Uh, squad's too strong compared to, Liber- to uh, Fulham, excuse me. And it'll be interesting to see. Um, Lazaro Mitrovic, he's a Premier League, he's a champions, championship uh, striker, so I don't think he's going to score any goals. Yeah, 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 man, whatever. So it'll be it'll be interesting, but my my lock pick is uh, like you. It is my own team. I have United being beating Brighton two to zero, with my action being Anthony Martial scores. It, he spent second half of last season at Sevilla on loan. Uh, it's a brand new system. I think Martial is perfect as our number nine for this system. I think Donny Vanderbeek is going to play extremely well. The defense is going to hold. We'll see who actually plays. But I think it's going to be a great game for United and a great outing for uh, Eric Ten Hag in his first Premier League game, uh, avenging that 4-0 thrashing from Ralph Ragnick. I sure hope it is. Uh 
I just don't see see it going that well for Menu. I think it's going to be a little bit closer of a game, uh, but I could see this going as well. Love it, and your upset pick, good Ooh. sir. I think we're going to go on the same lines on this one. I'm going Notting- Nottingham Forest versus Newcastle. I'm going Nottingham Forest with that one goal. If I had to guess, it's not my action, but if I had to guess, I think it's going to be Lingardino that scores that one. <laughs> uh, but definitely going with Forest over Newcastle. I think my upset pick is always going to have Forest in it this season. I just want to see them succeed so bad. That's just like us with Burnley last season. I'm in for it, man. I keep picking these lower teams. Like I love watching Brentford play. I, Southampton, when they're playing well, is an awesome team to watch. And I hope Nottingham Forest falls right in this this great play, along with Brighton. I mean, Brighton plays really, really well for uh, not being that high up on the table. You're not wrong, man. Uh, here's a fun fact for you about Nottingham Forest right now. Uh, Nottingham Forest has never beaten Newcastle in the Premier League. <laughs> of course they haven't, man. Right after I pick them as my upset pick. Hey, what a time to do it. True. Well, I went I went the same exact boat, and I did a 2-1 to win for Nottingham Ooh. Forest. Not my action again, but a Lingardino brace. What do we think of that? I'd love it. I would love for him to be great this season, man. I would love to see him ball out like he did at West Ham. That would be freaking awesome. And I just think, um, you know, Nottingham Forest, they're not going to have a strong back line. They did get Dean Henderson on loan from Man U, so that'll be, that'll be interesting. They also have Wayne Hennessy, who's also a decent backup. I mean, having Dean Henderson is pretty good in your in your goal, man. He's not that bad because he almost took his spot two seasons. Mm-hmm. That's right. And they also have Nico Williams at the back as well. Not a bad starting lineup. Nope. They, they can they can get there. I think they're going to make some surprises this year. And I think it starts here with this Newcastle game. Uh, Newcastle, obviously, great season. But I think I think they're just their defense is not going to be that great for the first game. Give them some time to adjust again. I don't know if it's going to be Nick Pope or Dubravka and goal, but we'll see how it goes. I sure hope it's Nick Pope. Me as well. Me as well. Love Nick Pope. Love Burnley. Uh R.I.P. Sean Dyche. Burnley, you're dumb for doing that. That's terrible. All right. Well, brother, is there anything else you want to discuss on this show? I don't think so. I think that's all I got. All right, guys. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to go over the games of the week. We're going to analyze each game one by one. And we're going to be super excited for the rest of the season. We'll see you guys next time.